Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. It's Jonas Nader Day on the pod, everybody. Oh yeah, I know you've been waiting for this one. There are very few analysts out there that, number one, I've worked with as long as Jonas, which is saying something because he's he's at another website. <laughs> Jonas, of course, at Roto World, NBC Sports Edge. But like, basically from the very first day, almost, that I wrote an email to Aaron Bruski when he started Hoopball, and I said, hey, how do I get into this? And he was like, uh... Let's do a blurb shift. And I did one. Then he was like, what do you do for a living? And I was like, I'm a play-by-play broadcaster. He's like, I have an idea. It was within like a matter of months after that, that I met Jonas. We did the real big three with the ITL guys. Boggs, we're looking at you. Missed that show. And then we've been doing stuff together ever since. So you know a fun one's coming up here today on Fantasy NBA Today. That, of course, the name of the show. I am your host, Dan Bespris. As I always do, I ask you to please follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. I've been doing some uh, little tweet threads last couple of days just to kind of, you know, get into the flow of things. So hopefully you guys are following and you've been able to enjoy some of those. We've gone over some old guys in the early rounds. We went over the first rounders. I'm not going to do everything by tweet storm right now. I think right this time of year actually is more useful for me to be doing it on a podcast. I've been thinking it through, uh, true, and it's just it's hard to put into concise tweets all of the thoughts there are. So most of it's going to stay here on the podcast, uh, but of course. We got Jonas coming up in a couple of minutes. He has his breakdown on the mock draft. He has some really interesting names on his team. Some very interesting late round selections. You're not going to want to miss those. Also on today's show, a little bit of breaking news on the sports ethos side. Aaron Bruski has completed the points league rankings. So projections, category league projections for every player. And points league rankings. Now, all of that in the Fantasy Pass or the Draft Guide, or both. The Draft Guide is actually in the Fantasy Pass. You do not have to get one of the big subscriptions now to get access to the projections and the points league rankings. The only thing that those don't have at this moment is the Brewski 150, but we're in countdown mode because at midnight... On Friday night, so Friday night, Saturday morning, 12.01 a.m. on Saturday, the Brewski 150 goes into the Fantasy Pass as well. So head to sportsethos.com, get yourself a Fantasy Pass today. It is just $5.99 a month. $5.99 a month for the season-long subscription. That's crazy. You gotta get it. There are thousands of you listening to this podcast, and I know at least a handful of you would be really well served to have Brew's personal projections. These were not created by the Sports Ethos staff. These are from Aaron Brewski himself. He does the projections. He does the points league ranks, auction ranks. Those are coming shortly. And, of course, the B-150 going into your fantasy pass in about two and a half days from right now. So that is awesome. Big news over at Sports Ethos on the draft season prep front. 
But without further ado, it's guest time on the show. Let's jump into it. The man who needs no introduction, but I'll give him one anyway. One of my oldest buddies in the fantasy community, Jonas Nader. Man, it's so good to talk to you again. Jonas, what's up, dude? What's up, man? I love talking to you, Dan. Always have. <laughs> I know. One of the nicest guys in the industry. I absolutely love it. Oh, I know. We we used to do so many more things together, and we can because he's not here, we can just blame him. I think you know whose fault that is, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We, we will not say his name. No, we'll say it. Come on, Boggs. <laughs> Where are you at, Boggs? <laughs> I miss that dude, too. Yeah. What absolutely. do you think we have to do to get those guys back into basketball? Uh, I don't know. I guess their teams have to be good again. Oh! Right? <laughs> That was amazing. I am definitely uh, tagging them on this. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's going straight to Pogman's inbox. Uh, at Jonas Nader on Twitter. He is, of course, over at NBC Sports Edge, also known for so many years as Roto World. Are you guys, like, sort of kind of Roto World again? Yeah, we're transitioning back to Roto World. Yes! It's a slow transition. Thank so, goodness. yeah, it's going to be – I'm excited about it. I've always loved the name Roto World. It's nostalgic. So, absolutely excited with the decision, obviously. It's what we all grew up on. Yep. It's what we grew up. It's where, I, I mean, it, when I, I got into fantasy in 2001, uh, it was my freshman year of college, actually. So I was 18. And, like, I, I didn't know Roto World existed my first year. I, my first league was on CBS Sportsline. And I, I don't know how we ended up there. All I know is that they let you make team names with as many characters as you wanted. And that was wonderful. Uh, and the next year, they started to charge for leagues. We found Yahoo!, I found Roto World. I was reading Doc. Like that was, that was the yep. start. And then Brew was right after that. I like that's abandoning that name was was wild. I'm so glad you guys are Roto World. Also, because as a podcaster, it was really difficult for me to to get NBC Sports Edge right. I screwed it up. Yeah. Like when fi- I first, at least fifty percent. Yeah. When I first found Roto World, I remember reading Doc's waiver ward, and then I remember reading Brewski's like. 10,000 word doses, (laughs) which were awesome. So the breakdown. uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Oh man. That was great. That was like, man, college, I had a lot of free time. (laughs) So the breakdown was, was awesome. Cause I was like, Oh yes, I've got like 45 minutes to read about fantasy sports. Let's do this thing. Uh, and now you work with doc. I work with brew and we, we do get to do some pods together. I'm really going to try hard at, and I want everybody to know that's listening that if Jonas isn't on the show often this year, it is 100% my fault and not yours because you are nothing but available and ready to go. And every time I'm like, I'm going to do this. And then I look at my schedule. I'm like, ah, crap. I got to be here at this time. I got to be here at this time. Oh, no, the kid is screaming uh, and I'm back. And you also have two children who are we're pretty close in age, actually, to, our, to, to my kids. So we managed to find a time that worked today. Yep. And you, sir, have, I don't know, I mean, it's, this is like the old Conan O'Brien bit where every, every time at the beginning of his show, he's like, we got a great show for you tonight. And then sometimes he leans in and goes, it's not that great of a show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Jonas, you might actually have the most interesting draft in this industry mock. Uh, I think so, yeah. And, and that's saying something. You have this balance of like a few Dan Vesper style guys in there. Like the the guy who's probably the logo for the old man squad you got in the eighth round, uh, yep. and you've got some really interesting young guys, and the young guys you drafted are also young guys I kind of like a little bit, with one or two exceptions. But come on, I can't yep. like every young player. 
that's that's not my that's not my brand. Uh, so let's get this thing started, Jonas. You were out of the ten hole, uh, yep. and you went Lamelo Ball. And I think the only question there was why Lamelo, why not Harden, or I don't know Trey or Cat. Those were kind of the four you I assume you were picking from at that point. Right. So I took a long look at those guys that you mentioned, and I was just like, you know what? Harden looked cooked last year, right? He didn't look good at all. He still had a good season in terms of fantasy. And then I looked at Trey Young, and I'm like, LaMelo is Trey Young with more steals, right? A little bit more efficient. Uh, I considered Cat. Uh, looking back, I, I honestly may have gone Cat here. Like, I could talk myself into Cat over LaMelo right now. But I guess went ball because getting point guards is so hard. And then I realized I took three in the first three rounds. But hey, <laughs> it's a mock. <laughs> it's whatever. a mock. I'm trying to experiment with something. So. Yeah. Uh, the only concern I have about LaMelo, though, uh, this is actually a fun stat. So 134 of his assists last year were to Miles Bridges. Oh. And he's gone. So <laughs> oh, no. he's now yeah. working with Mason Plumlee and PJ Washington. And there are no lob threats there. So a bit concerning, I'll say. I don't think he has as good of a season as he did last year, but. At 10, I'm fine with it. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, your second round pick was maybe a little more controversial. I don't know. This is where he's going. Right. Um, I, I I keep going back and forth on this one. This is going to be one of those guys. It's Kyrie Irving, by the way, just so folks know yeah. who we're talking about. I, I've, I Literally every single day, I flip back and forth between being willing to draft him in the early second round. I think maybe mm-hmm. I just kind of hoped he was going to be a later second rounder this year. And after last season... I'm kind of amazed that he's going as early as he is, even if it's even if it's accurate, even if it's right. It just seemed like he was going to go later, and I can't get over that mental hurdle to take him a lot of the time, even though we know he's like a top five per game kind right. of dude. So if you're taking him here, I assume, Jonas, the logic is you're expecting like low 60s to mid 60s games out of him, and that would get him to the to his ADP by totals, yeah? Yeah. So keep in mind, he is probably the most fresh player in the NBA. It's like, a good honestly, point. Honestly, <laughs> last year he basically had half the year off. Um, he's been very healthy, actually, for the past couple of years as well. Um, and if you look at the players that are getting drafted around him, they all have huge question marks, but not a single one has his permanent upside, right? Except for maybe a Kawhi, who will play 55 games at most. So... I felt very confident taking Kyrie here. And look, the guy has finished fifth, third, sixth, and ninth per game in his last four years. He has a ton to prove this year. He's on a contract year. Uh, This is going to be when he secures the biggest payday of his career next summer, right? So this is his year. He said it at media day. He looks the most engaged I've ever seen Kyrie. Like he has a point to prove this year. Uh, Kevin Durant's been saying all the right things as well. They're meshing well with Ben Simmons. They're going out to dinner. Like, don't bet on my advice or anything. But if I was a betting man and I'm not, I would take the Nets to win the championship if I was betting today. Ooh, that's a that's a warm take. Yep. <laughs> that's warm. Lukewarm. Yeah. yeah. Lukewarm. So the only problem I have with any of that is that you're relying on logic to make a decision on yes. Kyrie yes. <laughs> And we've seen that doesn't always apply with him. But that's why I keep going back and forth, because all of the things you said are 100% true. He needs to play well this year, and he needs to play in basketball games where he is physically able to play in them to mm-hmm. get that big contract and all of that's like, yes, any reasonable human being would be like, I have an opportunity to make a $200 million. Yep. And all I have to do is show up to work for one year. Uh, 
but it's Kyrie, and who the hell yeah. knows what's going to happen. And you probably agree with me. This is the worst second round in fantasy basketball history. Dude, it had, the it, like, the first Yahoo board had a bunch of interesting stuff, and now everything is mushed together mm-hmm. to where it actually pretty strongly resembles the early second round last year, where you're choosing between uh, injury-prone dudes with big per-game upside. You're like, all right, yep. well, you know... I'm going to roll the dice, and one out of these five injury-prone, high-upside guys is probably going to hit maybe two, maybe three. Uh, yep. Last year, it was zero, which sucks. I mean, usually one of them comes through, but I don't know. I mean, it could be Kyrie. It could be AD. It could be Braun. It could be Kawhi. Uh, Paul George, is he went at the end of the second round here, but he's actually been trending up for whatever reason. He's, he's kind of in that discussion yeah. as well. Uh, and like I've been oof. doing fantasy for a decade now, and I just it's just changed so much because like ten years ago you didn't have to worry about it, but nowadays you have players missing fifteen games and not blinking an eye. You know yeah, what I mean? They nothing. can be totally healthy and they can sit fifteen times, and and this is why I still think the eighty-two game season and within the next five years will be cut significantly. They got to do something because I think the average number of games played for the anybody in the top 150 last season, fantasy wise, was like 68 and change. Yep, you're 100 percent right. The Bucks have no goal at all of having their guys play more than 70 games. I mean, I think all three of their stars played was it 68 or 69 each of them last year. Yeah, Uh, and reducing the games too would make the games more interesting, right? Make it more valuable. Meaning to each game. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yeah, but you know money and all that ticket revenue yep. and so forth i mean look the same discussion could be had for a 162 game baseball season that's just there's no planet where you need 162 games to decide yes. who's a better team than someone else that's Absolutely. so many uh but whatever at least while we got it we can enjoy 82 regular season games and uh yep. play fantasy with them uh third round pick darius garland this is another interesting one because we don't still really know where he's gonna go kind of post Donovan Mitchell acquisition. He's he's bouncing all over the board. Uh I assume you like where you got him here. Uh so maybe small hit with Donovan in town? Yeah. So I had Garland initially as a borderline top fifteen player and now I'm getting him at a full round discount. Um I wanted Evan Mobley, I will say that, but I wanted to see where Mobley went. So I kind of use this as a little bit of I like it. Yep. I really wanted Mobley, but I wanted to see where he went. So we can see where the market set him. But yeah, I love Garland, especially at this uh, price. Um, we've already heard Bickerstaff say that they are going to stagger him and Donovan Mitchell at all times. So there will be one of the other or the other, sorry, on the court at all times. So that's about 12 minutes without each other. So that kind of gives me a little bit of uh, more optimism, I would say. And this is a guy that can get you 20 points, nine assists, a steal, about three triples. So like on elite efficiency, and just I think it was a third or fourth year. I'm all in on Garland in the third round. I think that's a steal. You know what's funny is that before the trade, I don't think I was going to end up with either Garland or Mitchell. My hope yeah. then when the trade happened was maybe one or both of them would get pushed too far down the board. You saw that a little bit with DeJounte Murray. He's bounced right. back now, but there was that weird stretch like a month and a half ago uh, where he was getting drafted in the late 20s. And you're like, okay, well, that's... We've we've gone too far the other direction here. Um, I actually ended up with Donovan Mitchell in this mock draft. He fell to the middle of the fourth round. I'm thinking, all right, like at this point, yeah. like I'm he wasn't a guy I'm targeting, but right. like I'll go that way. And so I think that's a little bit of the same story for Garland. If he falls far enough, then all of a sudden now you say, okay, well this it bounced 
too far the other direction. Yeah, uh, look where you got him too. Like I right after Drew, it looks like, which is fine. I have Drew a little bit higher as well. But then there's DeRozan, Middleton. Yeah, like I've taken Donovan over after. Those guys I got it after those guys. By the way, that's going oh, wow. back the other way. Yeah, after wow. Chris Middleton. Uh, so there, Donovan was still kind of hanging out there. I'm like, all right, well, and we'll see how yeah. it goes when you get into a more public setting. You know, right. it, one of the things about an industry mock is everybody likes to either you did a little recon. Some folks mm-hmm. are doing recon. Some folks are kind of grabbing interesting names just to uh, create their good flag. Yeah, planting yeah. the flag, have something fun to talk about in the pod kind of thing. Like I'm looking forward to talking to Doc because he went with all fun here. Uh, oh, and- I got to talk to Doc about this draft too at some point. <laughs> this dude told me like a month ago, I'm not taking Sangoon, and here he is taking him in the fifth round. Yeah, beginning <laughs> of the fifth, no less. That's the second pick of the fifth round. So you got uh huh, team fun over there. Covert uh, ops, I love it. Doc is the funniest <laughs> dude. Absolutely love the funniest him. dude who keeps the most insane sleep schedule I've ever seen in my life. Yes, dude, I get texts from him from like 3 a.m. and it's like <laughs> I get texts from him at 3 a.m. my time. Yeah, <laughs> it's like 3 a.m. for each of us. I'm like, when do you dude, sleep? He's, he's like, ah, I don't know. I take my kid to school and then I sleep in the middle of the day. I'm like, all right, fair. <laughs> I don't know how your brain functions. Mine's mush and I'm sleeping overnight. Uh, oh, so then here you go in the fourth round, which with someone who's sort of more traditionally a, a Dan Vespers guy, although there is a little bit of turmoil around where he yeah. ends up this year. The nice thing about Miles Turner, and I'll get his name in there before we talk about him, uh, I've lost track of numbers here. I think this is pick 39, is that, yeah, like that even if he does get moved to you know a team like the Lakers or whoever else might be in the mix, his role doesn't change that much. It's not like he was a high-usage guy in right. Indiana. He gets his value with a couple of threes, good percentages, and a crap ton of blocked shots. Yeah. Uh, you want to so, know what's interesting too? Yeah. So there's like four really elite shot blockers. So you got you got Miles, you got Gobert, you got JJJ, and you got Robert Williams, and two of them are out. So getting <laughs> yeah. Miles, sorry about sets that. you so far ahead of the pack block wise that it, this value here in the fourth is ridiculous. He might win and you like, that category himself this year. Yeah, and the Pacers are going to move him. There's no question about that. We don't have to worry about. Him staying put. He's on the contract year. If the Pacers let him stay, he's walking, right? right. So they're going to move him at some point. There's already an offer on the table, apparently, according to Shams for the Lakers. So anywhere Miles goes, he'll slot into a 28 minute roll and he'll get you two to three blocks a game. Yeah, easy. It's a it's yep. a clean single. All you need to do is have him stay healthy. And I think if he ends up on a contending team, you don't get that like, oh, Miles has got like a yep. sore forearm and he's going to sit out three weeks. Uh, yes. That, by the way, reminds the me injury. of like uh, the, the <laughs> late era uh, big dog Glenn Robinson. That was yeah. I don't know why that sticks in my head so much, but I remember playing fantasy sports whenever the hell he was getting on in his years. I feel like it was like around 2005 or six. And Before he was, was yeah, and he was <laughs> constantly out with like irritated arm. Like, OK, yep. so I don't know what's going on here, but we need better medical work. Like, what is it exactly that's irritated? Does he have like. Did you get poison oak? What's going on with the big dog, right? <laughs> so, yeah, we called him the big dump at that point. And uh, Marcus Camby was another one who was out with 9,000. I like reminiscing a little bit. Uh, we're talking yeah. about Roto World here. This is For the, sure. the, the big dog Roto World blurbs of 2005. Uh, your fifth round pick. This is, and actually, by the way, people are going to think I'm going to get crazy here. But those that have been listening to the shows over the last two or three weeks know that the fifth round is actually when I've started telling people, to take some hacks uh, mm-hmm. because of the way players are listed this year. And you can pretty much blame it all on Yahoo's X ranks because that yeah. kind of creates ADP. Uh, all of the 
old man value guys are mushed into the top 40 or like the last 80, basically. Yeah. Uh, and in the middle, the old men are just that. They're just kind of old. They're not yeah. fun old dudes in the middle. So this is a great spot, 5th, 6th, 7th, maybe even 8th, to actually start taking some hacks. Uh, and so you went Devin Vassell here towards the end of the 5th round. Um, like, yeah. without being too crazy, his upside is almost unlimited this year. Yeah, so here's the thing about Vassell. If you were in a hometown league, right, you could probably get him three, four rounds later, and no one would say anything. But like in an industry league, he's so hyped that this is kind of where you have to take him. Does it kill like the value? Yeah, it does. But I really wanted him here, and I wasn't happy with the players around him, right? Because Desmond Bain was off the board, and Terry Rozier was off the board. So I took him in the fifth. I think that's roughly where he finishes the season. But so in terms of industry versus hometown, if you're in an industry, this is fine. But if you're in a hometown, you can get him three rounds later and win your league. Yeah. I think he's that good. And I have pulled up a stat for him. Um, with DeJounte Murray off the court, Vassell had a per 36 line of 16.6 points, 6.3 rebounds, 3.4 assists, 1.5 steals, almost an entire block, and 2.6 triples. Those are early round category numbers, and that is a massive sample size as well, too. So we do worry about what he looks like as like the number two option because there's obviously a lot more defensive pressure on you. But in terms of just theoretical upside, we get a player entering his third year. I'm in, right? I think he's going to be massive in fantasy this year. Yeah, I like. Uh, I, I know that there's tank. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to say worries. I think we know that they're going to tank in San Antonio. There's tank worries for ten teams this year, just yeah, because of the win by yon mistakes. So, Un- absolutely. But this is a roto uh, games yep. cap mock. So if you get sixty games out of a cell before they start resting him, two out of every three, it still could work there. Uh, yeah. I kind of feel the same way. I don't like that the shoulder injury stuff on Keldon Johnson, but yeah, I feel somewhat yeah. similar. Uh, you know, he was a top fifty guy at the end of last year. Yeah. When yeah. and Dejounte was still there at that point. So I yeah, don't know. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, you took another swing in the sixth with Franz Wagner coming off this just colossal Euro League performance. Are you at all worried about uh, Orlando um, having? Well, I guess we should say that, I mean, that number one pick in the draft and kind of right. incorporating him. Does that give you any pause on Franz? Uh, I, based on the sixth round, I'm guessing the answer is not really. Zero, none. <laughs> uh, we looked in the preseason. This is going to be team length. They they started Wendell, Bamba, and Paolo together. Like, they don't care. They're going to run some weird lineups. It's a rebuild year. <laughs> they might as well tank again. I think Wagner could potentially be their number one option on offense this year. He should be. I think he's probably yeah, their best worst, offensive number player. Number two, yeah, at worst. So, <laughs> this is a guy that, honestly, I guess sound like Collins called source. Uh, this is a guy who can get you production in every category. Um, I'm hoping he takes a small step defensively, but man, he could take 18, 19 shots a game and no one to bat an eye. Well, you went another Orlando guy in the very. That's kind of why I slowed myself up here because then you have yeah, Paolo in the seventh. Wasn't happy with this one, by the way. Okay, was this an auto? This was, I think it was an auto. I, it was kind of a panic pick because I had Jaron locked up because in previous <laughs> mocks, yeah, yes, I saw him brought... going eight or nine, and now he's going seven because people know I'm in here. So that was frustrating. <laughs> yeah, Rickling, we talked about that with Alex on last week's episode, uh, that he, um, Alex was saying that he actually tried to warn you in the fifth round that he was going to go JJJ soon. And so when he was there in the seventh, he was like, well, I got to screw Jonas now. 
Uh, yeah. You did get him back, by the way, in the next one. So what you're yeah. saying here, basically, and we don't need to go into more detail, is that if right. you had this back, you probably wouldn't have gone Paolo here. I would not have gone Paolo. All right, uh, screw my, it. Yeah, my kind of uh, philosophy, I would say. <laughs> that sounds so stupid. <laughs> my philosophy, um, I, I don't really draft rookies anymore. That's something new with me. Welcome! Yeah. <laughs> Welcome so, to this lovely circle. Let me give you, hold on, let me just get this yeah, bag ahead. of Werther's Originals for you. Here, I'm going <laughs> to open them right here live on air. Let's you got any the... peppermint? <laughs> no, no, pe <laughs> no peppermint. I don't, screw that crap. But yeah, like I'm <laughs> focused almost exclusively on second, third, and fourth year players that have shown that they can hang in this league. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the guy, especially and, and, the ones yes, that a, have a good that, mixture like... of old guys too. A good mixture of old guys. Oh, man. Jonas, yep. this is crazy, man. I don't, I don't yep. even know what to do with this information. I feel like I'm. It's this, my look, heart. I've had. You're right. I mean, I've had more success adding in a couple <laughs> of old timers in there. You know, just to balance things out. It's a good segue to your eighth round pick because you did yeah. this to get Alex back, also because yes. you like him, and that's Big Al. Who, by the way, Dude. I think so. Yeah. I believe this happened. Did this happen after the Time Lord news broke? Because I know Jared took Robert Williams before it. But then this by happened the just before. Okay, just before. Because this is so, I mean, this is an amazing spot to get out if the news had already broken. Yeah, there's no chance you're getting him round eight in a hardcore league with this Robert Williams news. Because if you look at Horford's per minute production at the five compared to the four, it's like a four round jump in value. Like Horford is early round at at the center spot, and there is nothing. His competition is Luke Cornett. Yep. And so Horford realizes that. So he said he took the whole offseason. He's best shape of his life, which we hear that from yeah. everyone. But he said he wants to play back-to-backs, too. It's like, he's ready. He's oh, going to yeah. feast. I'm going to have Horford on every single Roto team on yes. the planet. I mean, he is the poster boy for the Dan Vespers old man squad. He was yeah. last year also, and now he's his, his role is even more secure. I like to try to clump the last four rounds together a little bit. I yeah. have this running philosophy. We'll use that. I'll use that word also that um, right around pick a hundred is where you really have to start picking either upside or floor. And before yes. that, you can find guys yeah. that have both after that, you're kind of going one or the other. And so your last four here are actually all really interesting. I'm excited to hear your take on them. Anyuko Kongwu at uh, in the ninth, the Kongwu in the ninth, Jared Vanderbilt in the 10th, Patrick Williams in the 11th, uh, and Jaden McDaniels in the 12th on Atlanta, Utah, Chicago, and Minnesota, just in case folks forget where some of these guys might be. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I get it's a big question to just sort of lob all those four names out to you, but it feels like, well, maybe I'll start with this. Did any of these guys get autoed or were these guys in your crosshairs? They feel like they were probably in your crosshairs based on what I know about you. Yeah, so my last round philosophy, again, there's that word again, is pure <laughs> upside. For Okongwu, last year he was a 95th percentile in the pick-and-roll, and now he has two of the best pick-and-roll players in the NBA with his team, DeJounte Murray and Trey Young. Like, the, the Atlanta Hawks media day might as well might as well have been the Onyeka media day. They, that's all they talked about. They were like, let's put the ball in his hands. Let's extend his range out to the three-point line. It was all about Okongwu, and Capello is probably just in the background like, all right, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited about him. I think he starts by, let's say, January, right? Because they got to prop up Capello's value just so they can dump him off to some other team that needs a big man. But my next pick, I think Vanderbilt is going to feast. Now, one thing that people don't know about Vanderbilt is that he's actually an amazing playmaker. I think he had like six assists in that 
preseason opener. He is really good playmaker, and the Jazz need one, right? And we already know what he can bring defensively with like one of the best steal rates at the forward position. And he's also, I think last year had like the seventh best total rebound rate. Like Vanderbilt's a stud, not worried about Laurie because they're going to play Laurie at the three, which is awesome for Vanderbilt as well. Um, so yeah, Vanderbilt in round 10, come on. I'll take yeah. that all day. And they can slide those guys up too. The I, Walker Kessler, the young center there. I mean, they're going to need yeah. him. He's really green. And then the other center, yeah. as much as I love my guy, Kelly Olenek, and he might start for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, the long-term plan in Utah is not to give Olenek 30 minutes of ball game. Exactly. Uh, so you could see potentially Vanderbilt chew up a couple minutes at the five. You could see Markin and chew up a few minutes at the four, which only helps bigger guys get him closer to the rim. You get better percentages. You get a few more rebounds, all that good stuff. Uh, but yeah, absolutely worth a the flyer there. Patrick yeah. Williams. Uh, he's an interesting yeah. one. I like, I've heard a lot of different, I just, I guess my, my hesitation on him is can, Will they let him shoot enough times to to cover up? Like he does a lot of the other little things well, but like you got to have a little bit of usage, and it's tough yeah. to find it in Chicago. Well, usually during the summer, you'll hear like the name of a player that has just been blowing everyone away in like pickup games and stuff like that. And the crazy thing about it is this year it's been Patrick Williams. There was a live five on five run. Um, I don't know if it was Rico Hines or something like that, but there was a live five on five run with like DeRozan, Evan Mobley, and all those guys. And Patrick Williams was the best player in the floor by all accounts. Mm. They said he was the number one guy in offense. I think they were just trying to expand his game, but he was ridiculous. Pull-up threes, step-back threes, all that good stuff. His shooting stroke was already good last year. It's improved even more. Um, he has defensive upside. One of the best shot-blocking forwards already. We saw that towards the end of last season as well. Once he got his athleticism back, man – those last five games, he was clicking. And then my last pick, I'm even more excited about my last pick. There was a puff piece in the athletic about Jaden McDaniels. <laughs> Every single player in the, in the Timberwolves were like, yeah, Jaden's going to be unbelievable this year. They, they said he's grown to like seven foot. They're going to play him at the three. Um, they have extremely big expectations. And I've never seen a player hyped up by the Minnesota media like they have Jaden. You would think that the hype would go to Anthony Edwards. It's been Jaden. Hmm. Jaden, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. You got four really interesting late yep. late round selections here. I, I, normally, I ask the guests if there was anybody else that they were targeting in this range, and I guess it, I'll ask you that too just because, but yep. like the fact that you didn't have any autos and kind of got some guys that you were looking at already makes for a, a very interesting chunk there, and they are upside plays. The floor could fall out from any one of these dudes or all of them, but yep. who cares? Once you get yep. past pick 100, like getting a small win doesn't help you that much in a fantasy yep. league. Like if you're drafting at 115 and you get the guy who's number 107, who cares? Yep. That that yep. guy's like a, a good streamer option for most 12-teamers. Yep. But I will ask it just because you're here. Yep. I've got Jonas on the show. I'm going to ask him. Was there anybody yep. else in that range that you were looking at that uh, someone else snapped before you could? Yeah, Doc hates me, so he took D'Anthony Melton <laughs> in the 10th. I was I had him queued up, ready to go. I think Melton is going to be top 50 this year. He's going to cakewalk his way to top 50. I'm calling it again. I'm going bold. He is free from Taylor Jenkins. Yay! I'm so excited, man. He, they've been running three-guard lineups in Philly. Melton has been a standout at training camp. This The stars have aligned for a 28-minute roll. Man, just, I hope you're right. 
God, I people hope forget right he now. was like eighth round last year with everything working against him. Yeah, eighth round. It's right, and he was. I mean, it, uh, and people were still complaining about him. By the way, he's like, "Oh, Melton's such a bust." I'm like, dude, he's playing 21 minutes in eighth round value. So here's the thing: about. I think, and I, I don't like, I don't want to make it seem like anybody's getting called out here. I just, yeah, yeah. I think that a lot of folks uh, play in leagues where if someone like a Melton last year is a great example of this. If he has like two to three weeks where he's not playing as well. They can get away with cutting him and getting him back. But if you're in a slightly more competitive format, you can't do that. Like, I had questions last year about dropping Big Al in the middle of the season, about dropping Mo Bamba in the middle of the season. I I get it. They're slumping. But these guys were hovering near the edge of the top 50 for months. Yes. You can't drop a guy like that just because they get cold. Now, with Melton, it's a little bit less of a severe example because he was like, you know, 70-something range when Dylan Brooks was out, and then he'd fall outside the top 100. But he'd keep getting back and forth, and he did ultimately land as a nice, especially totals, value. Uh, But, yeah, you're right. I think some of it is format-dependent, and that's where you get that pushback. Um, But if you're in— It's the Robert Covington dilemma. Yeah. It's like three years ago or something like that. Covington missed, like, his first 24 three-point attempts or something like that. Oh, I remember it so well. And then that's the year he finished top 25. <laughs> like, yeah, you just, you got it. There has to be some patience. You have to like understand what your league is like. And if you're in a slightly less competitive league, or maybe it's one where you know, if you're a head-to-head league where there's like only one IL spot and you have two guys hurt and Melton's in a deep slump, okay, like I get it. Like you can't take terrible numbers for two weeks or your team falls out of the head-to-head playoff picture. Yeah. Okay, but that's not you can't do a podcast you can't do a tweet you can't do an article that applies to every league all the time you have to sort of tailor it to a certain type and so competitive nine cat is kind of where we're at guys like that do belong on rosters even through uh little slumps so a little bit of patience goes a long way i understand the cutthroat side i really do uh it's certainly more in head-to-head than in roto roto you can just stick a dude like that on your bench until he warms back up again uh but anyway that yeah, I've got sidetracked there, as I typically do. Uh, Jonas, you're the man, man. I, I, we got I, I say it every time. I got to do this more often with you, and then I screw it up. But I also really do need to let you get back to your day. So, Well, at least we're in the draft tomorrow together. That's, that's right. I can't wait. The Roto World slash NBC Sports Edge draft. Oh, man. Thank you guys for can't having wait. me in that. That's always Absolutely. a blast. Uh, he is at Jonas Nader on Twitter. He is the man. That I mean... <laughs> I love talking to you, man. Let's do this again soon. Absolutely, Dan. Thanks for having me, buddy. You heard it, guys. Jonas put a couple of old dudes on his team. Even in a mock draft, he did it. Rubbing off on that guy, which is probably terrible news for him. That If Dan is rubbing off on you, you're, you're in for a long week. I'm going to try my damn hardest this year to create time in my own calendar to get Jonas back on this show regularly. He deserves a spot with as many things as he's done with us over the years. And frankly, he's a great listen. You guys are always going to learn something when we talk to Jonas. Coming up the rest of the week, we got Matt Straup on the show tomorrow, also at Roto World NBC Sports Edge, host of the Round Ball Stew podcast. And then the big dog himself, Arf Arf. Aaron Bruski will be our Friday edition. Very excited to kick off a year of Bruski guest spots on the podcast. He's been pretty beat up the last couple of years. He's still a little bit beat up, uh, but his kiddo is three now. 
which means there are, I guess naps probably went away, but we'll get him in there. Don't worry. We're going to have brewski weekly shows throughout this season, just like the good old days. You guys remember those. I know you do. This time, we're going to talk to Brew about the first round. We'll talk to Brew about the second round. We'll talk to him about some late stuff. You guys know I always bash him until he gives us one gem out of the B-150 on this podcast. I'll just hammer him until he does it. He knows it's coming, so he can prepare himself as as much as he wants, but I'm going to get him with it anyway. And then as the season progresses, we'll talk about kind of what's going on in the NBA. You know, I always have my pickups and drops stuff for our end-of-the-week type shows, but guess what? We're going to do some live ones. We're going to bring the Brew Shows back to live on YouTube, so we'll have com- some kind of Fantasy NBA Today overtime, or whatever shows are calling it these days, where we'll take some questions. Those will be uh, not this coming one, not the, not the show on Friday of this week, but as we get into the season, we'll do some live shows as well. And I think that's all I wanted to tell you guys about today. Uh, big welcome back to our three sponsors for this year. We'll have more information on those hopefully as soon as tomorrow. Manscaped.com, back with us here on Fantasy NBA Today. Thrive Fantasy will be a partner of this show as well as our DFS podcast here at Sports Ethos. Uh, and ExpressVPN.com, they'll be back with us this year as well. That partnership starts on Monday of next week. So really excited. Welcome back to our three sponsors. Super awesome that they are uh, ready, willing, and able to come on back I think for Manscaped, this is going to be their third year in a row that they've been with us. ExpressVPN, same deal. Thrive, this will be year two with us here on the pod. Extremely grateful to those guys. But again, I'll bore you with that stuff. <laughs> he says, tongue-in-cheek. On tomorrow's show, I think as soon as tomorrow. I am Dan Bespris, at Dan Bespris on Twitter. Big thank you once again to the great Jonas Nader, at Jonas Nader on Twitter. Projections. Points League ranks. B-150. Incredible features. Draft guide, fantasy pass at sportsethos.com. Get it now. All the good stuff is going in there. A lot of it's in there already. You will not regret it. Have a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday, everybody. Oh, by the way, thank you all for making yesterday, Tuesday, the most downloaded day this offseason and one of the top four most downloaded days on this podcast of all time. Where the other three, by the way, came the week before the season started last year. So I'm looking forward to an even crazier bump next week. Let's keep it going. Thank you all for listening. It's been a hell of an offseason so far. We're coming down the chute now. 13 days until basketball is in front of our faces. You know, games that count. Remember, preseason stuff, you're looking for health. You're not looking at rotations yet. The starters are not playing full minutes, but keep an eye on it. Okay, we'll pull anything out that seems interesting. Don't worry. With that, see you tomorrow.